first reading is taken from Psalm 85, verses 1 and 2, and then 8 to 13, and can be found on page 595 of the Church Bibles. Psalm 85. You, you, Lord, showed favor to your land. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is uh, on page 1219, and it's um, from... uh, 1 Peter, chapter 3, starting at verse 8. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever, whoever loves life and sees good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from de- deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. For the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks, asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Be kind. That's kind of it, really. (laughs) Anybody disagree? (laughs) We're all happy with that. (laughs) Could be a really short sermon. Um, Do you want some more? Okay. So, we agree that we want to stop and think about the implications of this. Um... The title of the service given today was Tender-Hearted. That's, the, that's in a different translation, but you can see it there in the reading that John's just read for us, the instruction to be kind. Um, you have to be kind to me today. Um, this is the art of the possible. This is my low-tech PowerPoint. Um, be kind. Every single human interaction... Every encounter that we have has the potential to be helpful and healing 
or to be harmful. God likes it when we're nice. We all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we see ourselves, I think we all tend to see ourselves as kind people because that's something we've learned from when we were small. We should all be nice to each other. So we like to see ourselves as being kind. What's the problem? It's the other people that are the problem, isn't it? <laughs> that's how it feels. Christmas is coming, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, a time when our relationships with each other are put in the spotlight. Time when families come together and some families have a lovely, lovely time and some families have a lot of stress and quite a lot of families have both. Have a think about the Christmas that you're expecting. It's uh, statistically shown to be a stressful time. How are we going to be kind this Christmas? Our faith is all about relationships. Our life is all about relationships. Certainly our Christmases are all about relationships. Um, it reminds me of the child that prayed, um, having misheard the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our Christmases. <laughs> but in the story of Christmas, we see that complex dance of the Trinity, the God that we kind of know, but we, the more we know him, the more we don't understand how God is himself in relationship in the Trinity and how at Christmas he entered into our world, our lives in the incarnation. It's all about relationships and how is that going to make a difference to me and you? Our faith isn't really, when it comes to it, all about doctrines and thinkings and clever theology and theories, what the world out there and the people that we're going to come up against at Christmas will notice is the way we live, is our lifestyle, the practice in our life. And I think we live in a world where the way we conduct ourselves and the way we relate to other people matters all the more because people are used to fake news now. People don't want the theories and the talk. People want to see the difference. And that authenticity that can only come with God is going to transform not just Christmas, but our world and the world of those around us. That is a radical thing, and that is a transformation that's more than what you saw when you opened the curtains this morning. <laughs> that is serious transformation. So... Have a think, what are the challenges that you're facing at the moment? How are your relationships this Christmas? How are mine? Some of us, it's all positive, and that's great. And that's to be affirmed. But there are some who are feeling left out of the partying, and some who are feeling taken for granted because of the work that they've taken on. Some who are feeling got at in whatever way. So where are the challenges for you? Because we talk about peace on earth and goodwill to all, and that's got to be something that starts, as the song says, let it begin with me. It's got to be something that starts at home. It's got to be something that affects the way that we live together as a church and the ways that we conduct ourselves and the ways that we worship together. 
And it's got to be something that makes a difference out there when we go out to whatever your week contains. Even more than that, it's got to be something global. That every purchase that we make can be for harm or for healing in the world. Little advert for fair trade Christmas presents. Um, and as the reading says, we need to seek peace and pursue it. If we want peace on earth and goodwill to all, we need to seek peace and pursue it. Because every encounter, whether it's over the meal table, whether it's in the checkout queue, whether it's when we're using our purchasing power on the internet, every encounter that we make, every relationship that we're in can be healing or can be harmful. So how do we be tender-hearted? So onto my um, high-tech PowerPoint. What it doesn't mean. <laughs> See what this is? This is a bit of doormat. Okay. The passage that we've just read, in fact, the whole, um, particularly that chapter of that letter of Peter, has been misinterpreted in the past. You should be nice to people that are horrible to you. You should submit, etc., etc. And I don't believe that when God asks us to repay evil with blessing, he's telling us to accept mistreatment. And I don't believe that he's telling us to encourage people to trample on us and leave their muck all over us. But when we decide, when we choose to repay evil with blessing, we become active, proactive. We're not just being done to. When we choose to repay evil with blessing, we're empowered because we're taking the initiative. And we're saying, no, I don't want your dirt. I don't want your muck trampled on me. I'm going to choose to bless you I'm going to change the record. And that reminds me that I can't change the people around me. I can't change the way they'll be this Christmas. I can't change it when, they're, when they want to go off in their room and play on a screen and not come and be sociable, whatever it is. But I can change the way that my heart responds. And I can choose to bless them. I can change the way that it affects me and not give power to people who want to abuse me. Not thinking of anyone in particular. The way I've said that makes it sound like my boys are really horrible. They're not. Don't tell them I said that, anyone. <laughs> but let's not be doormats. When God calls us to be tender-hearted, there's something really special about taking that initiative of non-violent resistance and choosing to bless Okay, the next one doesn't look so much like a heart. Some of our hearts can get bitter because we've tried hard to do the blessing thing. And where's it got us? We read in the, both the readings today, actually, that God's in charge, it'll all be okay. And we don't see that always. And sometimes it's only human that we want to get our own back. We want to take control and take vengeance because we can't see God's justice yet. Well, welcome to Advent. Welcome to waiting 
for the day when righteousness and peace will kiss each other, when the righteousness that you're struggling and hungering after will be, wow, part of that transformation that God is bringing about. So it may not be fair at the moment. It may not be resolved. But let's not get bitter because our suffering might not be over, but God isn't finished yet. And if we really want to follow Jesus, we have to go through the sort of treatment that he got when he blessed the people that were vile to him. So let's wait for the blessing. Okay, the next one isn't as good as I wanted. I've got a better one at home, but it was too heavy and I had to walk here this morning. Some of our hearts get stony. This is the most heart-shaped one I could manage to carry. (laughs) God has let me down. I have to defend myself. Sometimes it feels like that. And hooray for the Psalms. We had the Psalm as our first reading, and actually quite a lot of that second reading that John read was a quote from a Psalm as well. Obviously the writer had that psalm in his head and it just came out naturally in the context of thinking about all of this, how to be tender-hearted. Let's try and get back to the psalms because I think to have those words at our fingertips is so useful. It's okay to express all that emotion. If you read the book of Psalms, there's, oh, there's praising, yes, but there's a lot of moaning at God, there's a lot of complaining, there's a lot of anger, there's some real horrible violence And we all feel like that sometimes. And sometimes when your heart feels like it's been bashed up a bit, there is a temptation that our hearts turn to stone because we feel that we have to defend ourselves. I hope these are all going to stay here. I think we're going to let it lie sideways. So when you're around the meal table and someone's really getting to you, yourself a nice man yet or anything like that (laughs) whatever it is (laughs) just take a deep breath and let's not get stony and when you're out in harrow wheeled or wheelstone and the neighbors are getting on your nerves it's human nature isn't it we want to close our doors we want to pull up the drawbridge we want to retreat and we lose the tender-heartedness that god calls us to and we get stony We shut off from each other, and our community fragments. And our relationships, I'm not going to try and balance one of these on here, but our relationships become like billiard balls, yeah? This is me, so get out my way, I know where I'm going. I'm not going to let you affect me, I'm not going to let you hurt me. We ricochet off each other. We're set in our ways. Nothing's going to change us. And you see a lot of that in the world around you. And you see a lot of that discourse coming through. Um, Get rid of the toxic people in your life. (sighs) Me first. Britain first. America first. But no, what does it say in our reading? It says, revere Christ as Lord. Put him first. Easy to say. It's a challenge. But it is a challenge that we need to make a choice about. Are we going to compete with those around us? (laughs) Do the billiard ball relationships 
Or are we going to cooperate? Are we going to stay open to the differences? Are we going to hear what the people around us are saying? And one of the amazing things that never ceases to get me about God is the way that he messes about with our categories and our strengths and our weaknesses aren't so clear anymore. (laughs) Yeah? The things that you thought were strengths actually may not be a strength in God's eyes and the things that we thought were weaknesses. Hmm, let's think again. Okay, the next one that I was going to bring out, I wanted a, a glass heart. Heart of glass. That's a cue for a song. It's a good job I didn't have one because I'd only have broken it. Um, this is made out of willow. Willow that was very supple when it was made, very bendy, and now it's dry and it's brittle. And if I stood on it, it would crack. Getting a bit crowded over here now. We're all fragile. Everyone you meet, as the quote says, you might have heard it before, everyone you meet is facing a struggle that you know nothing about. So next time you meet someone and you want to put them in the category of being a toxic person, maybe they're a hurting person. We all agree that we should all be nice to each other. We've established that. It's easy to be nice to people like us. We look around here and we think, yeah, they're a nice lot. This is a friendly, welcoming place, which means I feel okay here. I want to take a bit of an aside to talk about privilege, because privilege says there's no problems here. We're lovely. Come in, everybody. You'll find us lovely. We don't have a problem here. But I want to suggest that kindness is more than tolerance and agreeing, yes, other people can be different. We'll still welcome them. We'll open the doors. Kindness is about something more active than that. It's about reaching out. And it's about listening to those who aren't at home here. To those who, despite our best efforts, aren't wanting to join us. So, pardon my little aside, but I've got a bit of a thing about privilege at the moment. Back in history, oh, there's so many examples. There was a time when rich people decided to put up hedges and fence off all the common land. And poor people, and some of my um, favourite ancestors were amongst them, kicked up a fuss about this. And the rich people said, you're being very militant. This is very out of order. You're breaking the law here, stealing bread because you can't feed your kids. This is not on. That's privilege speaking. There's no problem here. You should do it our way. If you did it our way, everything would be fine. And when we look at the history of um, race relations, we go back to Windrush and when black people first arrived in this country, not first arrived, but arrived in great numbers in this country, and how the church at the time let them down in many instances. And I remember when I first did community work in the 1980s, going to, being called to go to meetings about race, race equality and anti-racism things, and it all seemed terribly militant, and we were all a bit, you know, why are they making such a fuss? Well, they're so aggressive, these people. That's privilege speaking. 
And it's true when you look at LGBT issues or any social change at all. We see it, the, the latest one at the moment is um, people saying, why are you offended if somebody's wolf whistled you in the street? That's really, really flaky of you. You shouldn't be offended. We don't see a problem. Is political correctness gone mad? <laughs> How many times have we heard that one? <laughs> a lot of political correctness gone mad when we stop and listen to the people who aren't happy with the current situation, with the status quo. When we listen, maybe if we were in their shoes, maybe if our daughter had been abused and it had started with wolf whistles in the street, whatever the, the story may be, we have a responsibility. If we choose to be kind, if we want to be really tender-hearted in an active way, not just in a smiley, easy-going way, we have a responsibility to listen to the people that we want to reach out to and love and to hear where they're hurting. Because if we don't know where their sore spots are, we will trample on them. And it may not be a problem to me. It may not be a problem to me. I don't know why we're changing all the words of the hymns, whatever it is. But we need to listen and we need to make a choice to be kind. And to watch out for other people's sore spots, even if we can't see a problem. And something in that has a resonance for me with that part of the Christmas story where they arrive in Bethlehem. Hello, is there any room for me? There's a verse in Proverbs that says, Above all else, guard the heart. And uh, we're thinking about the prophets today. The prophets tell us that God will put a new heart in us. And it won't be a heart of stone. It'll be a heart of flesh. And I can't show you a tender heart because I haven't got one. Um, this is the best I could come up with. <laughs> I did think about making a Play-Doh one, but I ran out of time. Because a tender heart is a vulnerable thing. It can be squished. <laughs> but this is the tender-heartedness that God calls us to. In Philippians, we're told to um, have this mind in us, which was in Christ Jesus, who, although he was equal with God, he gave it all away. He didn't cling to it. He didn't cling to the status, to his, yes, this is how I like it, it's all okay. And that, what the theologians call kenosis, that self-emptying, that giving it away, is the heart that we're called to have. To be like-minded, not just with each other, but with Jesus. And it will make us vulnerable. And I suspect that there are some hearts here that have been bruised and have been crushed. And the good news is that we don't need to put a brave face on it before God. We don't even need to put a brave face on it in church. We can take it from me. <laughs> it's a safe place to say, help, <laughs> I'm hurt, I'm crushed. And I'm really grateful that I've been able to do that. Thanks to, you know who you are, many of you. Um, we don't need to put a brave face on it and we don't need to grab control 
and become hard and do the billiard ball thing because God will protect us even though we might, when we're going through it, not be able to see that. So if we want that shalom that Jodie mentioned last week, shalom, the idea of peace on earth, peace in our hearts, wholeness, healthiness all around, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be active choices. It's going to require internal work in our hearts, on our hearts, you and God. We have to take responsibility for that. We can't leave all that to the vicar. That's the peace on earth to which we're called and which our tender hearts are supposed to be part of. So every encounter has potential for healing or harm. Let's seek that peace and pursue it because God isn't finished yet. And one final word, which is towards the end of the passage that John read out to us. Do not fear. It says, do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. So, let's be kind, I dare you.